0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Petron. I have an exciting show prepared for tonight. Uh, I'm going to discuss things that you may have heard about or you didn't hear about, and if you have heard, you didn't have not heard that much about. First of all, let me make a couple of political uh, comments. At 9 o'clock right now, as this show opens, Donald Trump is supposed to be addressing the nation. He'll be talking about his comments about the judge, the judge from Indiana of of Mexican ethnicity, now a federal judge in California, and he's going to say he has been misconstrued. Trump has been misconstrued. He does not say that the man is not qualified because his parents were Mexican and he's going to build a wall. You you just don't understand. He has not been fair. He has not been fair to this judge in his rulings thus far, and that's the reason why he must be disqualified. This is typical Trump. Every time he gets in a corner, he says, oh, you people didn't understand me, and he changes his tune. Are the people going to buy it again? I don't know. I don't think so. But we shall see. Uh, One thing people, a lot of people are not aware of. This is the third judge on the Trump University case. Trump went after the other two judges, the first two judges on this case. Uh, One was black and one was a woman. He has had them thrown off because they were not fair. So, uh, you know, enough's enough. I don't think the judicial system can keep handling uh, his case the way it is, and letting him uh, get rid of judges as he wants to. This is just not the way it's done, and it shouldn't be done for him. The other thing is uh, California just closed also. I don't know what the numbers are there because they just closed, and I have no way of knowing. Which brings me to my show. Those of you who are with me, and I know that those of you who are not with me at this particular moment because you're glued to television, you want to hear Trump, you want to know about California, you will listen to this show uh, in its archived version anytime you want, uh, starting immediately when this show closes and day after day, it is available, to because most people listen to this show, interestingly, in its archived version, its archive form, rather than listen to me live at this particular moment. Let's start. I'm going to talk first about a cashless society. You heard me, no cash. Everyone's going to have a debit card. No more dollar bills, no more green bills, no more any kind of paper bills, no more coins. All right? That's it. And it's coming. And I'm going to tell you, within five years, I predict we are going to be a cashless society in the United States. Uh, And why? The government wants it. Our government wants this for a number of reasons I'll get into. And the banks want it. That bothers me, number one, because if banks want it, it can't be good for the people. No question about it. But they all want a cashless society. The European nations want it. The Asiatic nations want it. The banks have been meeting on this issue for three years, big-time meetings across the world, and they keep pushing for a cashless society. And why do they want this? Uh, They want to be able to press the button. The banks want to be able to press a button and lock your account up. In other words, people are going to have money in a bank, but what you're using is your, a credit card on your own account. And it won't be cash because when you got paid by your employer or you had some money you were going to deposit, it's all done by one person's card to another card to the bank. Uh, there is no cash in between here. And uh, so all the banks have to do if they don't want you to exercise your right to your account is press a button and your account is sealed. It's locked. You can't get into it. The banks are concerned worldwide that this recession we went through is not the end. A bigger and worse one may be coming. The thing the banks uh, fear the worst is a run on the banks, where people run to the banks, charge in, and they take their money out because they fear the bank's going to fail. Well, if we're operating with this debit card thing or credit card, whatever way you want to describe it, you won't even go make a run to the bank. Because, there may not even be a bank, by the way, because they're, you, got, you got to use the card, and the card's been sealed. You can't use it. And this way they stop the run on the banks completely. The other reason is the banks can grab your money quickly. Remember, when you deposit money in a bank, whether in a checking account or a savings account, under law, and this is a sad law, but this is the law in this country, title to that money passes from you to the bank once you deposit it you no longer have title to the money which means that a bank can do anything with your money once it becomes their money because you deposited it all right and this uh so the banks can do whatever they want uh, look what happened in cyprus and italy cyprus they took 30 percent of everybody's money out of the banks and they're working with cash. they were working with cash on this a few years ago because cyprus needed the money to pay bills. Italy had the same problem a year or two ago, but they only took 30% of anyone's money in excess of 100,000 euros on deposit. Also, the government likes it because now people can't launder money or it should become increasingly difficult to launder money uh, so they can catch the money launderers. They just don't want it. They want to control our money. It's not really your money anymore, and any time they don't want you to use your money, they just press a button. There ain't no way to take money and hide it if you don't trust the government, you don't trust business associates, or you don't trust anybody. It's gone, because how do you hide money that's in some record-keeping computer that it doesn't issue cash? It just makes a computer entry on your account in a bank somewhere. A bad situation it's coming it's coming it's a coming uh and it's already being used by the way sweden sweden has been a leader in this uh and they like it <laughs> and everyone likes it in sweden but i think people are foolish sometimes last year full year using the debit card approach cashless society only two percent of all transactions were cash. Ninety-eight percent of the transactions were with uh, with cashless money, the debit card. Okay, ninety-eight percent of transactions. That means your salary, what you buy, your cash you pay for a restaurant meal, a movie ticket. Uh, people owe you money. They pay you everything through the cards. There is no cash. All right. And also, more than Sweden's got a, over nine hundred banks. More than half the banks in Sweden. Do not even keep cash on hand anymore. Everything is by the card. So what am I saying? It sounds confusing. It really isn't. We aren't going to have cash in our hands anymore. And so the banks can control and the government can control our money rather than we control our own money. Our lives are going to be more difficult. Our lives are are going to be more difficult. Guaranteed. Watch out. Another surprise coming. Guess what? We may, or you may, you want to buy a new car, you go to the auto dealership, where's the cars? There's no cars. There'll There'll be no big lot with cars, brand new cars, one after another, row after another. There'll be no great big showroom with new cars on display. Here's the story. We are trying out, and hopefully going into, when I say we, I'm talking about the automobile industry in the United States, carless dealerships. Isn't this amazing? No cash banks and carless dealerships. There'll be no building, no lot. General Motors is going to test it first. They're putting the thing together now. And what they're going to do is try it out with Cadillacs. Try it out with Cadillacs. And they're going to try it with about half of their uh, dealerships. And the reason is this. General Motors can save money. If the cars right now are... Given or sold in effect to the dealer, the dealer, the the manufacturer General Motors has to put more Cadillacs out if they're going to have 50 on this lot and 100 on that lot, et cetera, et cetera, new cars for people to see and test drive. Uh, so they don't have to manufacture as many cars and just have them sitting around all over the country. Uh, the other thing is the dealers uh, are going to get screwed. This is all for the manufacturer, by the way. Right now, the manufacturer has to pay the dealer X number of dollars uh, for every car sold. Well, that's because the dealers say, look, we got money in all these cars out here. They're sitting around the lot. So they're making money that way. And they got a profit item in that. That's going to be gone. That's going to be gone. The dealers will be paid less by General Motors because they won't have had to put their hands in their pockets to pay for this 100, 150 cars just sitting in the lot. Okay? These things are going to be called a virtual dealership. Instead of the big, glorious, fancy room with the cars sitting on the floor of the new cars and the big lots, you're going to go into a much smaller building. They're going to give you a headset headphones. You're going to put them on, sit down and look at a screen and the screen's going to pitch the automobile to you. And then you either want it or you don't want it. And that's what's coming. I'm not, I'm not as convinced carless dealerships are going to be a thing uh, definitely in the future as I am that we will be a cashless society. Uh, No one wants to pay taxes, but I want to tell you something. The people who refuse to pay taxes the most or who do not want to pay taxes the most are the rich. Look at Donald Trump. He still hasn't given up his tax returns. And from every indication, it's because he uh, he has taken advantage of the tax laws, and he pays either nothing or next to nothing every year in taxes. Well, I can't knock Trump for that. I think everyone should pay taxes, and I don't think the rich should get away with it. But General Electric doesn't pay taxes. General Electric, that makes so much money, they have billions of dollars of of pure net profit every year, has not paid any income taxes to the United States in years, all right? And what's happening out there, these big companies, these corporations, all right, they're getting away with murder tax-wise. And I'm going to talk right now, I want to talk about, the benefits, I'm sorry for the shouting, it bothers me, the benefits that big corporations get to remain in a place rather than move their company, uh, things like that. I'll give you perfect examples here. To keep a company, a corporation in a particular area or state. In 2010, John Deere, okay, was given $15 million by Iowa, the state of Iowa, just so they wouldn't move out of Iowa, and Iowa would lose 300 jobs at the Waterloo plant. Let's go to Chicago. Chicago. Sears and the Chicago Mercantile Exchange said to the state of Illinois, we're going to leave. We're going to relocate. They knew what they were doing, Sears and the Mercantile Exchange. They wanted the state to give them tax breaks. They need tax breaks. We need tax breaks. And finally, the state of Illinois relented. And in order to dissuade them, in order to keep them in Illinois, they gave them $100 million in tax breaks. We who need money in this country, this is money that should be going into the tax coffers, not being given to these people. They're making money. They don't need it. Now, General Electric, again, hasn't paid taxes in years. They have big offshore accounts to avoid paying taxes. Guess what? They recently grabbed the state of Massachusetts for $25 million in tax credits in order to maintain 150 jobs in Massachusetts. They said, you don't give us this money, we pull 150 jobs out of your state. This is larceny. This is the holdup of the old west. They pull their guns, they mask their faces, and they say, "Here, you're going to give me the money, or you're gone, or we're gone." Really, now, if they want to lure new, they want to, a state wants to lure a company in. North Carolina recently paid 320 million dollars to Apple to convince Apple pay. They give them tax benefits of 300 million dollars, 320 million dollars for Apple to build a plant in. In North Carolina at the same time the same state North Carolina gave two hundred and fifty million dollars would you believe this in tax breaks to Google to build a plant all right they're both building they're both putting up buildings for data servicing Uh, Kentucky five hundred million dollars in tax breaks to Toyota and Ford to convince them to build plants in their state now let me point out the biggest screw job of all because my friends these are free bucks to these corporations who can well afford to pay taxes don't need this money it's described in the books as corporate welfare boeing probably the biggest airplane manufacturer in the world every country uses boeing planes they're used in peace they're used in war okay And a major plant, the major plant, is in Everett, Washington, Everett, Washington, where jetliners are assembled. The building that they are assembled in is the world's largest building. It is the world's largest building. Well, Boeing said to the state of Washington, you know, we've been here a long time. We're looking around. We may move probably a new location. Guess what Washington gave the state of Washington to Boeing to make them stay in Everett, Washington? Biggest number ever, $8.7 billion, an $8.7 billion package. Again, the largest governmental money giveaway in this country, all right, to get them to stay. A disgrace. Corporate welfare has got to be looked at. They talk about it in Washington. They do nothing about it. Well, where do we live? We live in the suburbs, or we live in the city. The city's called urban living. The suburbs is suburbs living, suburb living. Uh, and today, most people, the greatest influx of people, live in the suburbs. They work in the suburbs suburbs. The majority of their jobs are in the suburbs, and the majority of American residences are in the suburbs. What about the cities? The urban living? Well, they're central cities, central parts of a city, central city living is coming back. It's coming back big time all over the country. But it's for living. It's not for working. It's not for working. Uh, but it's living for only the rich, because only the rich can afford the expensive condominium, condominiums and apartments that have been constructed. All right? It, the middle class cannot afford it. The young working people can't afford it. Look at the rents. Think of New York City, for example. The rents for a 600 square foot apartment are three to five thousand dollars a month. You, you stack your bodies in there if you're sharing that small apartment, because that's what it costs. There, there's no room inner city. These kids are forced to pay big dollars. It's no different than Key West, by the way. You can get 600 square feet. You can rent a, a lovely 600 square foot apartment for 1,800 to 2,200 dollars a month. Another absolute disgrace, all right? But there's no, there's nothing there. There's nothing downtown for these people unless you're rich. So another interesting thing uh, develops here. Because you have dense urban living, they're living in small quarters, these young people. And I have to talk about small young people here. Uh, and their quarters are expensive and, again, tiny. It discourages child-rearing, discourages child-rearing. And San Francisco is a perfect example, all right? A recent study came out. I'm laughing as I say this, but it's true. There are 80,000 more dogs in San Francisco than there are children. 80,000 more dogs in San Francisco than there are children. want to talk about the water crisis. I'm going to touch on, on Flint. Michigan, who's still getting screwed, but there's another place. Here's the story. We're going to Alabama. The West Morgan East Lawrence Water Authority in Alabama, West Morgan East East Lawrence Water Authority, they recently advised their 100,000 customers not to use tap water for drinking or cooking. Don't use your tap water for drinking or cooking. Don't even use it if you boil it. Don't even use it if you use a chemical filter because boiled water, chemical filters will not remove the contaminants in the water. Now, these contaminants just didn't show up overnight, just like in Flint. It's an accumulation over years, probably 30, 40 years that this has developed because manufacturers, factories in the area dump their pollutants in water streams or near water streams. And the water underground gets polluted. And the pollutants that they have in Alabama, uh, and there's two primary ones. I'm not repeating them because I can't pronounce them. They were that long. But are causing cancer, thyroid damage, birth defects, and developmental problems in children. One of the companies that has been pointed out in this situation as being a culprit is 3M. 3M, pottery-making, glass-making, 3M is contaminating the water supply in Alabama. Now, this is even worse, what I'm going to share with you now. This is still, I'm still in Alabama, okay? The Water Authority also told the 100,000 customers not to drink, not to boil, don't bother using chemical filters, and oh, by the way, we have no means to provide you with bottled water. We cannot provide you. We are unable to provide you with bottled water. Well, we're going to have big hearings on this. I'm sure the EPA is going to get involved to everybody in Washington. But let me, let's take this scenario, this picture. This is somewhat similar to Flint, Michigan. Little has been done in Flint, Michigan. When did this happen? Six months ago? Roughly six months ago, discovered lead was... was, was it was flaking off. It's getting into the water supply. And again, you have uh, the development of a child's brain is affected big time. And they have no other water to use but this water. And so, remember the congressional hearings, the senators, the congressmen, they're saying to the witnesses, they're saying, You should be ashamed. My God, how could you let this happen? Never heard of bad water. Something has to be done. Well, they're still sitting on their asses in Washington. Nothing has been done yet. And it's all over money. The president said, I need X number of dollars. The Senate said, we'll give you about a third less. <laughs> and, and the House of Representatives said, we're going to give you half of what you want. And the president says, I need it all. And they, there's no agreement on the money. It hasn't come up for a vote yet, neither House, because they're so far apart, the Senate and House of Representatives. Uh, and so nothing's being done in Flint while well, these farts are arguing in Washington the people still have that crappy lead polluted water in Flint and nobody's helping them out. I don't understand it. Let me say this to you, too. Those in the Senate and in the House of Representatives who are opposed, who are opposed to federal funds going to Flint and Michigan, you know what they're saying? It's the governor's fault. The state of Michigan should pay and not the federal government. I thought, excuse me, we're one human family. We call ourselves in Key West one human family, and we should be united in the whole United States. I thought the purpose of government was to help and assist those in time of emergency. This country, our country, has consistently failed its people in a time of a large emergency, starting with the flooding of New Orleans. Think about it. That's where we are. We're still screwing Flint, Michigan. We're about to screw the people in Alabama, and who knows where next. You know that little guy in North Korea, uh, Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un. I think he's 28 years old or something, or 30 years old. He's the president of North Korea. He is a dictator, uh, runs a totalitarian state, and... You know his biggest job is right now, what he's interested in? He's threatening everybody in his area, you know, and he's got atomic bombs or nuclear weapons. He's going to blow up the whole world. He's going to test them, and he shouldn't be. Uh, he's a bullshit artist because most of them end up being duds, but he has the capacity to be that bad and do damage. Well, he has a sister. He has a 28-year-old sister. She's younger than him, and he's playing matchmaker for his sister. He wants her to marry he wants his little sister to marry. Her name is Kin Yo Young. So he has set up a competition, okay? A competition to find a husband for Kin Yo Young. And he is heading the selection committee. And the requirements in order to qualify to be the husband to get into this competition are threefold. Must be matriculated from or attending the Kim to Sung University, must be at least 5 feet 10 inches tall, must have served in the North Korean Army. He tried a similar competition, Seeking a Wife for a Sister, in 2012. It was unsuccessful. Now, a close friend of the sister and a close friend of Kim Jong-un is Dennis Rodman. Remember Dennis Rodman? Great basketball player, professional basketball player player off the wall earrings all generally had blonde hair black man with blonde short curly hair all kinds of tattoos fantastic athlete though as we know from news releases the last several years he and kim young moon have become friends and there has been talk that dennis and the young sister Kim yo young have become friendly the only trouble is dennis rodman doesn't qualify under the conditions set forth to have yourself entertained as a potential uh, husband. He he didn't attend the college in question, Kim Tu Sung. He never served in the North Korean Army. He is, however, taller than five foot ten inches. I just think it's amusing. This is what this guy's doing when he's sitting on his ass over there in North Korea. His people are suffering big time. He's playing world dictator, world soldier, thinks he's a world power, has the capacity to press the button and hurt the world. And this is what he's doing big time also. This is a major consideration, a major task on his table. Well, I, uh, my column in Conk Life this week, Hits the newsstands tomorrow. And I just wanted to give you a little background on it. Generally, I'm talking about heavy things lately. Uh, like I had two, two articles on heroin. I can't remember what else recently. And after a while, I get sick of writing about things that are serious and heavy. Uh, so I've up, come up with something this week that I think is humorous. But as I started writing it, it got serious too because it is a serious issue, but nowhere close to the heroin stories. I'm talking this week about the Kellogg family. You know, Kellogg, cornflakes, breakfast foods. I'm talking about the Kellogg brothers. I'm talking about cornflakes. And I'm telling you that when cornflakes were first invented, discovered back in the 1890s, it was created as a cure for masturbation. The title of the article is Cornflakes Cure for Masturbation. I kid you not, masturbation was a big deal back in the 1890s. I can't believe people wasted their time on this issue. People found it more unacceptable than pure sex between people, illicit sex. Masturbation was going to make you mentally defective. And I'm not talking just about boys and men. I'm talking about girls and women, okay? And and this thing is a... it's interesting how this whole thing developed, why they were doing it, why there was this big movement countrywide to, we have to get rid of masturbation. You're going to grow hair on your hand, probably. remember the priest telling me that in the fourth grade. If you guys play with yourselves, you're going to have developed hair on your hand, and you're going to go insane. I had to hear this from a Catholic priest in the fourth grade. Uh, also, when the cornflakes alone weren't working, they also tried on the girls, carbolic acid on the clitoris. They burned the clitoris so the girl would not touch it. Would you believe this? Acceptable. This was acceptable medical treatment at the time in this country. And who was the father of the cornflakes? And who was the father of this type medical treatment? Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, one of the two brothers who started Kellogg Corn Flakes that you buy today the shelf in the supermarket has nothing to do with your sex drive has nothing to do with masturbation people just liked the way it tasted it's an interesting article sometimes humorous, sometimes sickening if you have the opportunity read it uh if you're not in the key west area it is carried on my cock life uh web page website and all you do is press a button and it will come up well that's the show for this week i hope you found it interesting Uh, I find it interesting to come up with these topics. Uh, As soon as I leave you now, I'm going to run to the television set to find out what Trump said and what happened in California, because I am interested. Uh, I I thank you again for joining me this week. Uh, I know if I have five people listening to me right now, I'm lucky. But in excess of 8,000 will read me archived during the rest of the week. Isn't that amazing? This is the Wave of the Future blog talk radio. Uh, In the meantime, I write a blog every morning, which is linked to my Key West Lou website. Read my blog. It's about Key West, what I did the day before, very light, all right, very enjoyable. I'd appreciate it if you read it. I think if you read it three days, you'll read it every day. It takes you 30 seconds to read. Thank you again for joining me. I look forward to being with you next week.